What's up, you guys? This is your girl, Kennedy, and this is Edified Minds Podcast, where we talk about facing issues in our 20s, ignoring toxic societal norms, and walking in God's word. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Before you continue, make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you follow us on social media. Instagram is edifiedminds.podcast, TikTok's Edified Minds Podcast. All right, let's start this episode. Girl, hurry up! The episode's about to start. Edified, edified, divine, shine, vibe. No lies, a new mind. Bitch, don't forget to subscribe. Get designs to edify. Skip the line and edify. <laughs> Let me stop. Welcome to Edified Minds Podcast, where we're here to discuss yet again another issue happening in our lives. Can I get an amen? I hope everybody's week has been going well. Y'all, this is the time of Lent. A lot of people are fasting. A lot of people are spiritually just being just, I don't know, tunnel vision. Tunnel vision with the spirituality. And it looks good on you, ladies. It looks good. Man, we're in the second month of 2023, and this... Stuff is crazy. I'm trying not to cuss, okay? Let, this is an, this is one thing that I want y'all to know. I have a potty mouth, and I am trying so hard not to cuss. So, y'all, if I just use different words, just bear with me. And if I slip up, then just forgive me. Just forgive me. But it is already the second month of 2023, and, of course, it's it's not moving. It's not moving slow enough. It's It's speeding up, in my opinion. I feel like this past week flew by and this week has by far been one of the most stressful weeks for me because it's like I'm such a empath and I feel for people that when people go through things, I start going through things. And I know a lot of people can relate to that where it's like your brother's going through something or your friend's going through something and they tell you all the business and it really, really impacts you. Like it impacts you so much to a point where you're like, oh my God, is this my situation? Why am I the one crying about this? Why am I the one trying to find a solution to this? It it can get very frustrating. I'll be honest, I am single and I'm dating. And so this guy slid in my DMs, right? And he was handsome, uh, light-skinned, beard, looked like nice and grown. You know what I'm saying? Like zaddyish, zaddyish. And he's out in South Carolina, so I'm like, all right, I'm in Atlanta. I can do a little bit of long distance. You know, if he really likes me, he'll, he'll drive to me. And vice versa, if I like you, I'll drive to you. I don't mind if we were to get close enough. You get it? So we talk on the phone for the first time the other day, like the first time ever. And I I liked how he was very assertive. Like, we were texting for literally a couple of minutes. And then he was like, can I call you for a bit? And I'm like, yeah, you can call me. Like, I've been talking to a guy for a whole month and I'm about to drop. And he hasn't tried to call me not once. Very weird, man. You have, like, two completely different guys on two different spectrums. And I have no type. I'm trying to find out my type. Aside from the values and the morals I want a man to have, when it comes to looks, I really don't have a type. I really go off vibes and off their 
their beliefs and their morals, their values. So I'm like, all right, yeah, we'll talk on the phone. Y'all, as soon as we get on this phone, we start talking about therapy because he said that he missed a therapy appointment. And I'm like, you know, why are you going to therapy? Like, I think that's commendable for a black man to go to therapy, for him to work on himself. I love that. And I really don't hear that often. So I was really kind of turned on. Daddy. And he starts just going on this rant. Like, well, you know, I've seen some things. I've been through some things, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. I told him about my experience with therapy. And he was like, yeah, but you want to know something? You know, in this world, like, you only got yourself. He was like, my dad stays right up the street. I don't fuck with that nigga. He said, I've seen my brother kill people. And then he said he had a 14-year-old daughter. <laughs> I'm 26 years old. I ain't trying to be nobody step mama. So all these things he's saying, it's just turning me off. Turning me off. On top of that, I love an educated man. He did get a trade, so we'll settle for that, right? That's what I'm thinking. But as I'm listening to him talk and talk and talk, I'm like, this guy sounds angry. He sounds like he's still in pain. And it just sounds like his family unit is broken. You know, he also said that he had nobody left. He had nobody left. No aunts, no uncles. His mom passed away when he was young. His grandma passed away. So really, I'm trying to think, all right, so if I was to marry this dude, um, the wedding would be all my side or his friends who are in and out. They went to the system, in and out of the system. And my child would be pretty much in a broken family home because his side of the family is non-existent. And I didn't want that for my child. I would not want that for my kid. On top of that, you know, he said that he only got two DWIs and it's not that big of a deal. Only! Only two DWIs, sir. I've had friends die behind drunk drivers. So when he said that, y'all, it was a wrap. Rap. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Just like that TikTok? Nope. Hell no. But when we got off the phone, because I told him, I'm like, well, you know, after hearing everything, I just want you to know that I think it's best that we just stop talking. Like, I told him straight up the same day we talked on the phone. I told him on the phone, actually, after he, after he explained all this to me, I was like... I think it's best that we stop talking because it just sounds like you have a lot of pain, a lot of issues, and I don't feel like dealing with them. Some people would say that that was rude. Some people would say it's judgmental. I call it, I know what I want. I want peace. I want peace. And while he did say that it was coming off judgmental, and I had to clear that up by letting him know, no, it's not judgmental, but you deserve a woman who can be able to handle and deal with these things. And I don't think I'm that woman. You're a man who deserves a woman of that stature. You know, you, you gotta like let a guy down real sweet, you know, make him think that he's better than what I can give him. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you deserve a woman who just can handle all this shit you got going on. And you just deserve that. You are deserving. The truth is I don't want to deal with that shit, period. So we got off the phone. And he handles it pretty chill. He's like, all right, that's fine. Hang up. I was like, I hope you have a nice day. But by the time I, I tried to say that, he had already hung up. So I was like, yeah, okay. But y'all, 
When I tell you that I went in my bathroom and I boo-hoo cried, I do not know why I started crying. I don't know why. But I felt like all that he just spilled on me really did affect me. All the stuff that he told me that he went through made me feel so bad. And I don't even know this man. But I'm such an empath that what I had daydreams of as he was telling me his story is him as a kid crying because he lost his mom. Him as a man feeling angry because his dad lives right up the street and he don't talk to him. His daughter probably not getting the real love that she deserves from her dad because her dad has issues. It's just sad. It's really sad. And I had to pray like, God, please just take all this energy that he just poured onto me through the phone. Please take this away because it was a lot to deal with. And I've been feeling like that for a while with all types of people, friends, family. My situation is just too much to take in. And if you are taking in a lot, ladies, you've got to pick and choose what you're going to deal with. You got to pick and choose what you're going to give your energy to because it can drain you. It's been a very draining week for me. It truly has. And as I'm thinking about how draining this week has been for me, I'm also thinking about like how right now would be a perfect time to go on a fast, but I just went on a fast and I've been like personal training and stuff like that. So I really can't go on a fast right now. I actually need to eat like five times a day to fuel my body and to transform it the way I want to. So I'm just like thinking, oh my gosh, about my fast. And I did a fast in December and I feel like that was probably the toughest month that I had had of all 2022. And I'm like, okay, well, this will be the way I end it. <laughs> but I feel like it made me stronger for what I'm facing now. When I think of the definition of fasting, I think it's just to sustain from eating. But now, of course, people are addicted to so many things that they may, you know, um, sustain from social media, from sex, from sweets, from just, just, just distracting their minds, certain things that they allow themselves to see, like maybe violence on TV or violence, you know, on, um, YouTube or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So people now kind of like turned fasting into its own thing. But the truth is like the real purpose of fasting y'all is to really like battle your flesh and wanting to eat. That's the real fast. I mean, we have Daniel fast. We have all different types of names, but the truth is that fasting is simply not eating for a while and just soaking in prayer with God. And uh, my church kicked off the year doing a fast. They did a fast from like January to February 10th, I think. And, you know, Lent is now. So everybody right now, if they're in the faith of Christianity, they're really fasting. And a fast really did change my life. Like any time that I said I was fasting before last December, I lied. I lied and I cheated and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was wrong, but I needed my food. But for some reason in December, it was like so many things were just punching me, punching me, punching me in November. And I'm like, I need a fast. I need to just cleanse. So I only ate when the sun was down. And I, for hours, just allowed my body to kind of feel like it was starving. And I just prayed. I prayed seven times 
a day. And I asked God, how many times should I pray? And I just heard the number seven. So weird, seven means nothing to me. But I just heard seven. And so I was praying like seven times a day. And I had an alarm on my phone to remind me. And like, I don't know, after a while, I didn't feel as hungry because I felt like the prayer was me feeding myself in some form. Like I was feeding my spirituality, my spirit more than my flesh. And it was full. It was full. Hey, you guys, this is Kennedy with Edified Minds Podcast, where we drop an episode every Tuesday. Before we get further into this episode, I want to tell you guys about Soft Mood Sounds. Designed to alleviate stress, prepare you to rest, and motivate you in the morning, this YouTube channel has three categories of sounds, like mood ambiances, rain sounds, and affirmation. Spread mental wealth by sharing this page with your friends and your family, and kick your day off or end your day with these beautiful soft mood sounds. All right, let's get back to the episode. Adulthood hits you differently. I can't complain about adulthood because I am blessed. And I think I learned from a lot of my mistakes and I don't repeat them. But you still have moments where you just got to sit with God and just kind of just almost re-strategize your life with him over and over again. Uh, my pastor, Pastor Carl, he has a sermon and I can actually include it in the link ladies for any of you who want to watch it. He said that like fasting should not be a here and there type of thing. You know, real Christians, diehard Christians, you know, Christians who really are deeply involved in their faith, they fast often. And my church even does that. They call it the bride room fast, the bridegroom fast. And um, it's like in the beginning of every month, we just fast for a couple of days and we're on the prayer calls every night and it's powerful. And I'm going to continue to do that. Like I'm, I'm going to fast every single month because it, it strengthens your relationship with God. It keeps you humble and it keeps you focused and centered. It is so easy to be distracted by things that are going on around us and the pleasures of this world that we need to just sit still. We need to sit still. And during my fast in December, I was like, you know what? Because I know I'm going to stick with this this time, finally, <laughs> I'm going to write down a list of discoveries during my fast. And at the end of my discoveries, I'm going to go through them and I'm going to figure out like, all right, what am I going to do from here on out that touched on these discoveries? So I want to share my discoveries with y'all, obviously, because I was really proud of myself for finally doing the fast. I mean, from all December and even during Christmas, y'all, even during Christmas, I sustained. I was like, no, I can't eat during the day. We invited my Grammy over for our Christmas dinner later. Like she ate like maybe an hour before me, but when it was sunset, I ate. Like I meant it. I stuck to it. I felt like my my years depended on this fast and I had to take it seriously. It, it's easy to question whether God is real for some. Some people really don't know. They don't know what to believe, especially nowadays. But when I tell you God is real, it is so, it is so powerful, scary, strange, supernatural. It's all those things. It's breathtaking how real he is. And the first thing I realized during my fast is that I can master self-discipline. Like, 
I am disciplined. I would have never described myself as being disciplined growing up because I would always start something and quit. Start something, not finish. That was my pattern growing up. That is literally my life before December with it, with anything. It could be me saying that, okay, I'm going to have a new health journey and I start off so strong and I fall off. Or I can remember during high school joining the step team and it getting kind of hard and boring and I quit. You know, being in student council for maybe two years, then I didn't want to do it anymore. And I think it was allowed for me to do that. My brothers, on the other hand, were diehard athletes, still athletes in college, and you can tell that they loved what they did. So they stuck to it. It was a natural thing. But I was that type of person where if I didn't love something, if I saw something getting hard, I wanted to run. And during this fast, it taught me that when my mind is strong and set on something, and when I am focused, and when I really just want the outcome so bad to go the way I want it to, I can be disciplined. No matter what anybody has said, I've had people speak that over me, that I lack discipline. I'm not disciplined, I'm not responsible, and that is a lie. And I rebuke anybody that has said that about me. I rebuke those words because it is officially not true. And I discovered that. You go, girl. The second discovery I had was the power of the tongue. Woo! And this one is one of the top ones. Like, I'm going to tell y'all the top ones that really resonated with me. And that was one of them. Power of the tongue. Do you know that what you say about yourself is how you feel about yourself, of course, but also how your life is going to continue to go? The more and more you talk shit about yourself, like, who does that? You would not go around telling your friends, girl, you're not going to make it. Girl, look at your gut. It's huge. Girl, you just can never get right when you date because honestly, you have no friends. <laughs> so the way that you speak over yourself is so important. It's more important than the way you talk to others. It's a character check. And it's the character that you are placing upon yourself. During my fast, I had a messy friendship breakup. Very messy with a guy. He, and it was strictly platonic, strictly platonic, okay? He was like a brother to me. But I could tell that as I continue to get closer and closer to God, this friend does not support me. This friend thinks that I am always trying to make things about God, that I'm always trying to tie things into God. And he only remembers the Kennedy that didn't have God in her life. And what he needs to understand is like, when you're in love with God, I cannot help but talk about him. I cannot help but tie everything that's going on in my life and in this world to God, because that's how I see it. And when you have people who want you to be the old you, they hate, they hate the power that you speak over yourself. They don't like it. They don't want to see you change, especially if they don't want to change. We had a whole disagreement about the Meg Thee Stallion, Tory Lane situation. And not only did he tell me to shut the F up because I didn't like that he said that somebody was a quote unquote, and I'll just say it, gay ass nigga. I said, you could just refer to him if anything as that nigga. You don't have to say gay ass. You don't have to be so hateful with your words. Power of the tongue. 
Not only did he tell me to shut the F up about that, but he proceeded to text me and say that I'm acting like I'm holier than thou. <laughs> he texted me and said that he does not want to be friends anymore. And he texted me and said that my prayers are altered and that he knows the real me. Newsflash, buddy. You don't know the real me. You don't know the real me. You don't know the real me. That's not me anymore. And to be honest, that was never me. The Kennedy that was gossiping all the time, the Kennedy that was angry, the Kennedy that needed validation from people, that is the Kennedy that needed God. And God is showing me right now who I was all along. I just didn't know it. I didn't speak it over myself. I had no power. I felt like I had no power. I felt like I had no power, especially in the tongue. And ain't it funny? Ain't it funny how this friend who had the audacity to try me on my spiritual walk and on my spiritual journey, and if you know me, I don't play about that. Ain't it funny? How this friend's life is just up in shambles. He lacks accountability. He lacks it. I don't want to be a one foot in, one foot out Christian. Yes, we all sin. There's no judgment in this. There's no judgment in this. But I encourage people to get closer to God. I don't get mad about it. That's weird. And of course, the other day he called saying, oh, I miss you. And, you know, I love you. I miss you. I miss you. Yep, you can keep that. Because what you're not going to do is play with my name. Nothing left to say, like, period. Period. <laughs> I can't have it. So that was a powerful discovery. Power of the tongue. You cannot let people continue to stay in your life when they speak negativity over you. And you have to continue to speak positivity over your life. Because what you say is going to be how you act. How you act is going to be how your life continues. And when your life continues in a certain way, then everything else stems from there. You have to believe. You have to believe, you have to speak it, and you have to do it. Those are the three. Ooh, I should do another episode about that. Let me type this out. Thank you. You get the vibes. You get the vibes. Another thing <laughs> that was a good discovery is that I have to love me more. I have to love myself more. And so many of us say that because it sounds good, but like how many of you actually really be loving yourselves? Like how many of you actually take care of yourselves, put yourself first, think about how you feel, acknowledge how you feel, keep people out of your space, not because they're holding you accountable, but because they're hurting you. There's a difference. Some of us be wanting to kick people out of our lives because we don't want to hear the truth. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people who are negative to you and hurt you, kicking them out of your life. And especially as women, that, that comes with friendships and men in particular. How many of us really love ourselves? I was in a relationship for majority of 2022, and I realized that I put myself on the back burner for everything, for everything everything. When I felt some type of way, I couldn't say how I felt because that person would go, well, now I feel some type of way. So whoop, 
Now it's about me. When I wanted to address something, that person would go, well, now that we're addressing this, it's kind of throwing off my day and I was having a good day and now I feel like this. I constantly had to dim down my light, dim down how I felt, and as a result, we both decided to part ways. I finally felt like, you know what, I'm giving this guy my all. I've never snapped on this man. I've given this man respect. I've given this man resources. And he's given me resources as well, so I'm not going to try to play him like that. But I've given this man my all. Honesty, love, attentiveness, showing him off on social media. I don't do that unless guys do that for me. But I felt like, no, let me set the tone of this relationship and be the woman to show that I care about you. You know, he said he wanted that because he lacked that in his previous relationship. And because I stood up for myself and said, you know what? If I don't plan to see you or if I don't put in the effort anymore, it seems like you have fallen off. And I need for you to step it back up. I need for you to court me the way you did in the beginning. Because, you know, guys get guys get real complacent and they get very, very, uh, what's that word? They get like, they get comfortable. And so I finally stood up for myself and I said, you know what? If I don't see you, I feel like you don't see me. If I don't plan something or say, hey, we should do this, do that, then you're not planning it anymore. What has happened? And as a result, he said that pushed him away. He said he couldn't deal with it. He said that he realized he wasn't ready. All these things. And I didn't get mad at all. Of course, I was like, dude, okay, so you wasted my time, right? Disappointment was what I felt, but I realized that I had to love me more. I cannot stay in a relationship where I don't feel fulfilled. I can't stay in a relationship where I can't express how I feel because now I'm scared that you're going to turn around and go, oh, because you address something, now I'm mad at you. So we're just going to go back and forth and being mad at each other. No, I couldn't do it anymore. It was killing me. It was literally killing me. And I've had this big obsession over marriage recently. Like wanting to be married and realizing that I'm kind of tiptoeing towards 30. I'm not there yet. When I get 28, that's when I'll be like, fuck, it's here. <laughs> but I'm getting close. And so if I really want the life that I want, I've got to act accordingly now. I can't play around anymore. There's no more hoe phase. There's no more just date for fun. I don't think that's going to get me where I want to go. And what it's not going to give me what I want at the end of the day. So I was very like, I was very complacent and just kind of dealing with whatever this guy offered because I knew he was the type of guy to marry. You know, he wanted to marry his ex at one point. And by the way, he dated other people after that ex. So it wasn't like I was a rebound or anything. He had dated after that girl. But what I knew is that, okay, he believes in marriage. He's the type to marry. So let me just hold on to this. Even when I'm not happy, even when we don't see eye to eye on finances, even when we don't see eye to eye on what's appropriate and not in relationships, even when we don't see eye to eye on health and fitness, even when we don't see eye to eye on uh, communication styles. Let me just sit this one because you know what? Marriage is bigger than myself. And now I realize, no, it's not. The love that I have for myself conquers all. 
the way I treat myself, the way I allow others to treat me is what is most important. And I am not going to crucify myself for marriage or for a relationship that is not doing well anymore. It started off great, but it's got to remain great or else I got to go. If you cannot, if you can't have a man, a man conversation, you know what I'm saying? A woman, a man conversation. If you can't change, if you can't understand where I'm coming from and humble thyself, it ain't going to work. That was hard during my fast because I really, really cared for this person and I really wanted to move forward and I really felt like our breakup was stupid. I really felt like this person knew for a while that he no longer wanted to put in the work anymore and it would have been appreciated had that been said. But I knew at the end of the day that God wanted for me to love me. Me. This is the journey where he wants me to love me. And of course, like when we try to move on and stuff like that, you know, and when we get into relationships, it just seems like for some reason, everybody tries to come and ruin it. And I stayed solid. I stayed solid. Like another discovery is that sexual demons are real and like soul ties are real. When I was still dating the guy, a ex of mine, like an ex situation, that's what I'll call it, an ex situation came back into my life and like sent me something sexual. And I'm like, dude, what the, f I haven't spoken to you in a whole year. Why during my fasting month do you come back? You know what I'm saying? And I always said that this guy was like the ultimate soul tie. Like I had been off, on and off with him for since 2014. So I'm like, oh my gosh, the fact that he came back if you don't believe in soul ties, please look into the three different types of demons. Look into it. I'm not super knowledgeable about it, so I can't go into depths, but look it up. And one of them is a sex demon. And that's it's real. It's real. It's scary. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm really battling something right now. Like I'm really going through some warfare. And I think that was cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was cool. I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Like this fast is really, this really is like, it's opening doors to where like I'm being tested. And I spoke with my pastor about this and I told him like, I'm low key mad I fasted. You know what I'm saying? Because all these things are happening. Why I got to lose my friend during my fast? Why I got to lose my man during my fast? Why do I have to now deal with an ex situation trying to come back into my life, trying to tempt me? You know what I'm saying? Trying to tempt me. Catch me slipping. Why now? And my pastor was like, Kennedy, it was going to happen regardless, but you should be blessed and feel blessed. There you go. You should feel blessed that it happened during your fast. Because if it didn't happen during your fast, I guarantee you would have slipped up and made all types of different situations because you wouldn't have thought in a sober mind. You wouldn't have thought soberly. So when the sexual demon came back, I'm like, oh no, I cannot slip. And my advice for any women who deal with F boys and a toxic man that you keep going back to is to really pray that shit away. Because it's not a joke. It's not a game. Like our spirits are... They're very knowledgeable. They're very strong. They're connected. They're intertwined. And as women, it is easier for us 
to get connected because think about it, the man is inside of us. We are taking in all their energy. We're taking in everything. And so it's not a game to play around with that at all. I would just continue to pray to break your soul ties away, even if it's soul ties from, and I'm not, I don't know when you lost your virginity, but high school, middle school, college, whatever. Pray, pray it away. You got to pray it away. I've been continuing to pray mine away. And just the fact that that one came back, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this fast right here, yeah, this fast right here is real. This is real. Because y'all, I always used to give in to that person. I always gave in to that man. I always would come back. I always would go back. And that man really tried to destroy my confidence. He tried to destroy the way that I thought about myself. Like he literally, I feel like, tried to break me because he just thought her, her, light's, her, uh, her light's too bright. She's too happy. She's too smiley. Let me, let me bring her down a bit, humble her a bit. And that almost killed me. So I'm just so, so happy that it happened during my fast because obviously I swerved it. Duh, I'm not going back. Do you think I'm a dummy? Nope. This isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so funny. The last discovery, the last discovery during my fast is probably the most important one. So like my top was power of the tongue. Um, I would say my other top one is this last one. Those are like my top two out of the five. And it's to stop trying to do what God is supposed to do. Many of us want to control our lives in every way. And we think we got it all mapped out. Like, I'm going to graduate from here at this age. I'm going to do this. I'm going to accomplish that. I'm going to buy this. And we really are playing ourselves because God's like, <laughs> you think that you're about to do this? Then I say less. That's not going to happen. That's not the plan I have for you. So I'll be with you while you, you know what I'm saying, have to come back from that. I'll be your right-hand man when it comes to helping you get through that and realizing that it's not going to happen the way you want it to happen. And last year on my vision board, I had some things on there that I realized were literally out of my control, like marriage, like relationships. To be honest, no matter how great of a woman I am, no matter how much work I continue to put in with therapy and evolving and changing and, you know, picking better and choosing better, I cannot make a man marry me. I cannot make a man see me as anything that he doesn't see me as. And so that's something that I have to give up control about. I had to give it up. In this year's vision board, I have a whole section called God's plan. And I put dog mom, because I really want to be a dog mom, but I feel like the, the time's just got to be right financially for me to find the right dog, et cetera, et cetera. Marriage, home ownership, and then daily walk. Because like daily, I have to understand Dude, you may plan to, you know, study for real estate in the morning and apply for jobs midday and end the day off getting content, but something could happen and completely throw everything off. I cannot control that all the time. I cannot. He controls it. And when we finally give it up and just give it to him, you'll be surprised all the things that actually happen for us. I really had to like check myself like, Kennedy, you don't really trust God. I don't think you really trust him. And I'm like, what? That's cap. But like, not really. 
I realized I didn't really trust him all the way because I'm trying to control everything. If I'm trying to control everything, then what is he doing? If I'm trying to make something happen for myself, that means I have to maintain it. And that's a lot of work that a human can't do. Only the supernatural can do that. Only God can do that. And so everything I do, I need for him to give me permission. I need for him to bless it because he's going to be able to sustain it. He's going to be able, when I get on my knees and pray, to allow things to happen for me that I never thought would happen for me. I have to stop trying to do God's job because I ain't built for it. I can't try to always fix everybody. And that ties into what I was talking about earlier. Always trying to help people takes a toll on you, on the human body. But see, God can handle it all. God can fix it all. God can help you see things from a different light. And it's a beautiful thing to discover. Scripture for this episode is Matthew 6.33. And it's, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That was a scripture that also I wrote down in my list of discoveries during my fast. And it's important that we live out our lives like that. You know, when we fast, we are giving everything up to God. And we will be so surprised all the things that we discover during those humbling moments. So... Let's continue to have this conversation on social media and make sure that you guys follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm hoping you guys have a great week and we'll be back next week. So as you know, we are in Black History Month and I've had a couple of the ladies say, you ain't going to talk about Black History Month at all. Best believe I am because I'm a black woman. First, I'm a woman of God and then I identify as a black woman. Okay, so you already know next week's episode is about to be deep and real and it's going to be controversial, but I'm prepared. So y'all have a great week and I will talk to y'all next Tuesday. Bye bye.